0: Welcome to the Eventful Entrepreneur. I'm Dodge Woodall, founder of Bournemouth Sevens, the world's largest sport and music festival. Ever since events across the world came to a grinding halt, I've been bringing people back together but in a different way. On this week's episode, I'm chatting to director of UFC Gyms, Joe Long. Joe went from dedicated karate champ from East London to a world-renowned sporting events organiser. He's now responsible for bringing the UFC to the UK and franchising out their branded gyms with his business partner, former UFC champ, Michael Bisping. We talk about his meeting with Dana White and his involvement with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's a proper gentleman. Here's the man himself, Mr. Joe Long. Joe, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks, Dodge. Lovely to see you. Yeah, and you. When was the last time we saw each other? Last year. I think it was September. September. We were on stage, weren't we, at that thing at Loughborough University with uh, Gabby Logan.
1: Gabby. She's yeah. better looking than you, though. No yeah. <laughs> Do you reckon? Uh, <laughs> 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 sorry, Kenny. <laughs> he won't mind. <laughs> he won't mind. Yeah, we, we, we met at the, um, it was like a fitness expo type thing, wasn't that's it? That's right. Uh, with, the, with Mark Morgan's event. Yeah, that's right. Fitness.
0: Yes. Uh, National Fitness Games. National the Fitness one. Games. That's Sorry, the one. sorry Mark. Yeah. yeah, great event. It was a great event. In fact, we've just done a deal with them that they're bringing national fitness games to Bournemouth Sevens
1: Festival. Tremendous.
0: Yeah. So I think that's a great win-win for all of us, you know. Great move. When when
1: you was actually talking at that event, I was putting two and two together and I I could kind of see that panning out. Yeah. It's funny on stage, isn't it? Because we've been, we hadn't been on, well, I haven't really been on stage, if
0: I'm honest with you. I've kept myself private all my life until these last six, nine months. And that was my first ever gig to go on stage and speak. Nothing planned. Just all off the cuff.
1: Yeah yeah it was uh it, i think that the people they had talking at that event it was you know people was very real it was real people, and very open yeah and and the time the timing of it i think it was between lockdowns that's right so people was kind of fed up with zooming zooming and it was nice to see yeah. people in the flesh and Absolutely. you know, and actually talk and
0: it was a good show in fact because it was like um you're in a big theater at loughborough university obviously the best sports university around in, in europe and you're in this massive theater and on stage and it was just an open brilliant Q&A and the people on stage were just real and saying how it is because everyone was excuse my language but it, you know everyone was fucked really because of the pandemic Indeed. so there was none of this like oh I've got a gym and we're doing 50,000 members at 400 quid a month. The people were like listen I've just lost 4 million quid I've just lost 2 million quid it was real
1: yeah <laughs> mm,
0: it was wasn't it it yeah, was it yeah. was and, yeah. uh... but when you spoke I clocked you and I thought you know what it's my sort of fella when I clocked, I thought, you know what, I need
1: to have a chat with him. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, same with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. without without blowing smoke. Yeah. You know, it was the same with you. But I think it was the uh Gabby hosted it very well. Yeah. You know, she's she's got a great way about her and and, and the way you was just able to sort of casually talk, you know, like we're, we're talking now was, yeah. was really cool. It's refreshing. Yeah, refreshing, yeah. especially at that time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, let's get to business. Get to business. Let's roll all the way back, Joe. Um, where did you grow up and how did you get into mixed martial arts?
1: Well, I grew up in Ilford. Yeah. In uh, some say Essex, some say East London. Yeah. Uh, on, on the verge of East London and Essex. Yeah. And uh, parents were greengrocers. So a real working class background. Uh, of a weekend, I used to have to sort of work and you know on the stalls yeah. and, and in the markets and in the shop, that type thing. And uh, my father took me to karate uh, when I was around about six years of age. With uh, in Barking, Barking and Dagenham, there was a club called uh, Ishinru. and it was run by a gentleman called Tiki Donovan, uh, who was kind of renowned worldwide for karate. He was the, he was the national coach at the time uh, and and was multiple. National British champion, and Barking was really the home of karate for Europe. You know, the club which I went to was full of national, British, European, and world champions. Mm. And and when I say full of them, full of them, like you know, they used to run maybe three or four classes a night with you know thirty to fifty people in wow. each class. Wow! And 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 the best athletes from around the country uh, used used to train there and, and compete there. So I was. I was the baby of the club, really. Yeah. You know, go, going back then, and I had like the the best of British and the best of world karate to look up to, and uh, some amazing role models, both male and female, who kind of shaped my life, really.
0: Yeah. Did you learn a lot of discipline there?
1: Yeah. It, I mean, the, the club was very disciplined. I mean, it was it was renowned for being very strict. Yeah. Uh, I I can remember being I don't know twelve years of age and like one of the the, the biggest names in the sport at the time walking through the the dojo door like five minutes late and being told to go home by the instructor is that right? <laughs> you know that that's what it was like. Yeah, it it, it was real discipline mm. and and you know things what happened back then you couldn't really get away get away yeah. with now a, a, as a club or uh, f- for mental, yeah. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was very disciplined. But listen, I, you know, I, I I thank my father for taking me there and. Thank everybody in that club for helping, you know, mould me as an individual. Because mm. probably, you know, we we hear it all the time. You know, people get involved with combat sports; it helps discipline them, and it, it uh, the area I grew up with, you could have easily gone down a different road. Yeah, well, it's a rough, it was a tough area, wasn't it? Yeah, rough and yeah. tough East London back in the eighties yeah. and nineties. You know, yeah, I mean, especially in the you know the, the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. You know, even the early two thousands, yeah. it was. You know, a lot of things went on and, and it was easy to get involved yeah. in an argument, you know, sometimes when you're just minding your own business, yeah. you know, just walking along the street, you know, yeah. you know, someone's like, you know, who are you looking at? Yeah. Who's staring at? Yeah. Who's what you tra- staring at? I want your trainers. What's yeah. your problem? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, yeah. I nearly got, when I was about 16, I, I, I nearly got mugged for my trainers, yeah. you know, like a knife pulled out on yeah. me and like, take, you know, take your trainers off. Yeah. I've seen it. It's nuts, isn't it? Yeah. But that was the norm back then in a weird way. Yeah, it was you know it, it, was. it was it was it was I think like that sort of 88 yeah I I left school in in 89 yeah uh I'm, I'm 47 now unfortunately yeah. but it, it that that sort of 88 89 mugging was starting to become a thing yeah. like yeah. where where I lived yeah and people were starting to get stabbed yeah. you know unfortunately you yeah. know around around my area and people I guess there wasn't
0: there were th- those things were happening but I don't think they it is on the scale it is as we sit today
1: Oh no no way yeah. no way near it was
0: it. normally punch ups back then it was normally straighteners yeah. and there was the odd kind of knife and stuff like that
1: Yeah,
0: I from what I sensed yeah. and saw compared to what it is today is ridiculous
1: Oh I, I think the Scary today. Well, going back to what you say, mm. I think a lot of that is due to discipline yeah. with young people yeah. and single parent families, Yeah, uh, no trust in the police, mm. you know, in inner in city London, you mm. know, I could go on quite mm. a yeah, bit on that. You know, That's a whole new subject, isn't it? Yeah, it's a different It's a different world.
0: Did that discipline that you learned, learning karate, was that discipline, did you know that when you were walking the streets of East London as a 12, 14, 16, that you could handle yourself and come your way?
1: Yeah, yeah. What's that, that, that feeling like? That, uh, I, I was quietly confident. I, I, I wasn't, you know, if, if you ask anybody around me, I wasn't, you know, a braggalicious type person. And uh, when everyone sort of started going out and partying, you know, at that time, I was more into going go, going for runs and doing extra training sessions. Wow. Uh, and then I would go out and, and, you know, I got involved in events actually through music. Yeah. And uh, you know, got involved in the whole club scene. But yeah. uh, you know, I'd be in clubs and this, that, and the other, and I'd be drinking water all night. Yeah, switched <laughs> you know, on, switched on, and then yeah. you know, it's quite quite funny. I used to, we we used to, there used to be a place in Ilford which we used to go when we, when we was younger, and you know, I I wouldn't drink at that time. You know, I like a drink now, yeah. and uh, we, we'd leave there at like three, four in the morning. Yeah. And uh, the road home to my house sort of went through went went through uh, Stratford, Ilford, and then Chadwell Heath. Yeah. And uh, Colin McMillan, he's like former world world champion. You know, I'd be coming home from a nightclub, and I'd see Colin like do, doing his like morning run at like <laughs> <laughs> like four or five a.m. Yeah. You know, but I'd be on water, and then I, I'd get home, have a few hours sleep, and then then go training. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. And then, what did you do?
0: How was it for you when you were going through the ranks? Did you? How does it work in karate? Obviously, you get up to the black black belt. Tell me what
1: happens with karate. People always go, oh, "What? What dan are you?" The, okay. the, this that dan's really does don't come into. It's dan the belt, is it? No. So you you, you become a black belt, yeah. and you become a first dan. Okay. So then you can become a hundredth dan if, oh, if okay. you wish to. Okay. That's more about traditional karate. Yeah. So that's more about technique the basics of karate mm. competition karate is a completely different thing okay you you could have a, a brown belt who's not a black belt who goes on and does wonderful things in yeah. competition karate okay so most most people what got got to black belt when they started competing and competing seriously uh, on an international level which which i i, I was lucky enough to do yeah you don't really worry about your dance okay. you're more worried about what trophies you're winning right okay or, or you know how you're beating people yeah. rather than going up and down doing basics and traditional right. karate okay so
0: it's all about your competition
1: it's about the competition okay. for sport karate yeah. yeah there's a, there's there's a big say so there's a big divide but you need them basics mm. you really do need them basics mm. to get your fundamentals yeah of the sport yeah you know that they they stand you in good stead to become a good all-round athlete if yeah. you like.
0: Were you were you a big lad at a younger age? Yeah. Always a
1: big lad. Always a big lad. I, yeah. I mean we laugh laugh about it now. My, my my business my business partner Paul Alderson is is former world world karate champion. Yeah. And uh you know we've we've been training partners friends you know, since I was I, don't know, I probably met Paul when I was 10. Yeah. Still today he spoke to him this morning yeah. he still calls me fat lad. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> But, I, but I, I mean when I when I, I think when I first competed yeah. uh what are you in, 6 what you 6263? Six six I'm 62 yeah. 62 yeah. Yeah, 62. And now I'm 100 and something kilos yeah. I don't know something. <laughs> but but I mean when I was when I was uh when I first competed internationally when yeah. I was about 17. Yeah. Uh I was just over 100 kilos. Wow. And at the time, Kiss FM was a real big thing in London. Yeah, it was. was have to love Kiss FM. And it was Kiss 100 FM. Yeah. And uh, thanks again, Paul. He he started calling me Kiss FM because I was 100 100 (laughs) kilos.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So tell me at 17, when were you really shaking up the UK with who's this kid coming through?
1: With karate?
0: Yeah. Probably when I was
1: 16, 17. Yeah. uh, I, I actually won my first national title which was senior, which was over twenty-one. Yeah, when I was seventeen. Oh wow! So you're banging
0: people out at 17, four years older. Yeah, because that's a big yeah. age difference 17, 21, twenty-one, isn't it? Oh, it's massive. Age that's huge. Difference. That's like yeah. an adult. You're yeah. kind of twenty-one. You're kind of becoming a growing into an adult, really, aren't you?
1: Yeah. So, uh, so I uh, for for me to win that senior title at seventeen, I don't I don't know if anyone's done it since. Yeah. M- maybe Leon Walters done it when he when he was young. He probably done it when he was 17, 18. He yeah. kind of took my spot when I, I stopped competing. and uh, But yeah, it was kind of 16, 17 when I started to to, to come through. But unfortunately, my career got stopped short f- through injury. At what age? So uh, I stopped competing when I was 22. Oh, wow. That early. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah which were, you was dedica-
0: dev- were you dedicated from the age of six all the way to 22? Probably yeah. nothing yeah. would get in the way of your training, no, nothing would get in right. the way of your fighting. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I got, I got my first job uh, with the London Federation of Clubs for Young People, mm. at, at the time when I was like twenty, you know, twenty, yeah, uh, you know, something, some nineteen twenty around there. But it was off the back of what I was doing in karate. Yeah. So, I suppose it was like a, an influencer role. Yeah. What would be classed then, as, yeah. classed as an influencer yeah. role back then, uh, where where I got involved with promoting sport. Yeah. And I was doing sport as well to help get young people involved in sport in mm. in the capital. Mm and uh, we had like 250 youth clubs to, to go around to and talk what, to to inspire a, and motivate to, to inspire motivate and promote and promote sport so the first events which i was running mm. you know was was at that age like 1920 mm. i was running like the 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 london fed's boxing championships at that age yeah so you got uh, into which, so
0: so you got into events fairly early then
1: real early. But before you got into events, tell me some of the
0: trophies you won. Tell me some of the things that you did between that sort of age groups when you retired. Th-
1: that that was national championships, English, yeah. British. Uh I got bronze medal in Europe, which I don't like talking about cuz, you know, it's like a bronze, it's not yeah. it's not really. You still must be proud of it, surely. Yeah, I, I am yeah. proud of it. That was that was a team bronze. We, we won that we got yeah. to the uh to the semi-finals yeah. in in the European Championships. Um but I always wanted a world title, yeah. and and I believe I could have got there. Uh, my my main adversary, like in Europe, was was an Italian guy called uh, uh, David Bennett Benitello. Yeah, sounds like uh, sounds like one of the turtles, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, he? He he he. Uh, you know, he went on and, and won numerous world titles, and me and him was always head to head. He was a couple of years older than me. Okay, and he's now. You know, one of the the leading figures in world karate oh, right. in politics. You Did know. you ever fight him? Yeah, we fought a number of times, Did and it you? was I don't know, maybe it was maybe two a piece when was you it? know when yeah. So you know that that kind unfinished of unfinished business. Yeah, that kind of always. Would you ever go back in the ring now and fight him for money? Uh, I'd fight him in a boxing ring. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> do a Tyson come back? I don't think so. Yeah, no, I don't. You know, I, n- now and again I hit pads. Yep. You know, uh, you know, do do some boxing sessions mm. and whatnot. But like my my knees. You know, still, yeah. Not, Is that what not, it not was? Ready. Your knees, was it? Yeah, I had fluid on both knees, okay, and, and I had gristle in in, in my cartilage, and uh, it was just it was just a bad time, mm. real, real bad time, and frustrating as well.
0: Yeah, I bet, I bet. So, what was the point where you said, "Look, I'm I'm hanging everything up, I'm done." Uh
1: I was around twenty one, yeah, and uh I actually got selected to to compete in the World Games. Yeah, Uh I think it was in Rio. Yeah, and Lovely. uh they. My, my workplace had always promoted, you know, what I'd done within the, within the sport. And uh, I went to them and, and given my sort of holiday form for pre-training, to go away pre-training. Yeah. and I But I was injured anyway. And uh, there was a big issue with giving me time off work. Mm. And uh, they was like, well, you can't have this time off work. And if you do, you're going to be on a warning. Right, okay. And I was like, okay, no problem. So I sort of went home. Thought about it next day. Handed in my resignation. Next week, I was doing my own events. Oh wow! And I didn't go. And I didn't go to the World Games. Wow. Well,
0: okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I I made a decision there and then, because I was struggling with my injury as well. Yeah. I wasn't overly confident about going to the mm, World Games mm. because of my injury, mm. and. I knew that I always wanted to work for myself. Mm. You know, I grew up seeing my parents work for themselves, and their grafters, and their grafters, mm. and people around me. You know, a lot of people around yeah. me. My family was worked for themselves. Yeah, uh, friends. You know, some friends. There's a big entrepreneurial spirit in East London. There is. Yeah, there is, and and it's it's. It's across many, many industries as well. Yeah. You know, whether it's, you know, the markets, yeah. music. Yeah. M- markets, music and sport. Yeah. You know, it's it's out there, yeah. you know, in East London. It's yeah. kind of in, in the DNA.
0: Absolutely. Everyone's wheeling and dealing on a pound note.
1: Yeah. That's, that's yeah. how it is and that's yeah. how it
0: was and that's how it will be for many years.
1: Indeed, as you know. Mm. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> Mate, this is interesting. When you were 22, did you think events is my world or did you just fall into it or did you see a gap did gap in the market?
1: I, I went to a... I, I went to an event, England v Scotland karate event, uh, and competed. Please tell me, England won. We won. <laughs> okay. We won. And uh, <laughs> sorry, Kenny. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we, we 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 went to this event and com- So you're competing for your country. Yeah. Or you are competing for your country. Yeah. And we got put on a train to Scotland, and we had to walk from the train station. This is Kilmarnock, by the way. Yeah. We had to walk from the train station to the hotel, get ready, and then walk from the hotel to the town hall and then walk back to the, the, the thing, the uh, the hotel yeah. after. Yeah. And it was like, I was like maybe nineteen twenty, 20. Yeah. And I just knew it wasn't right. And, and I felt at that time, because I was working within sport as well yeah. and competing, yeah. I was like, this isn't right. Yeah. You know, th- this sport needs... You know needs better management yeah you it's know love, it's, it's, it? it's not going nowhere yeah, yeah. you know it need, need, needs love mm. you know and it, it needs it needs management around it and uh from from that event was a real uh a real turning point in my head that i wanted to do something and give something back to the sport which i come from yeah so what was your first gig our first event our first independent gig yeah uh, was 1997.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, we we done the Epping Forest Country Club.
0: Is that still there these days?
1: Yeah, it's still there. It's, it's like a, a golf course. Okay. Uh, so there's a golf course there, and then there's there's also a Virgin Active on is that on right? on the site. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, which is which is you know which is a great great yeah. place. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we done the Epping Forest Country Club in '97, and we done a team karate event. Mm. So every everything for karate back then was. Sport halls, you know, dusty sport halls. It it was it was a competition. It wasn't what a show. What do you mean, dusty sport halls? Well, it wasn't. Every event which you went to for karate was in a, a leisure centre, right, okay. or, 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 or a worn out sports hall, village hall, or something. Yeah, yeah. It
0: wasn't done properly. It wasn't done properly, okay.
1: and it okay. was it was a competition. It wasn't a show okay. per se. Okay. So. So that's where you saw the angle. That's where I see the angle, okay. and, and where I'd promoted boxing. Within the, within the London feds. Yeah. I mean, the London feds is probably, you know, rated the second or third biggest uh, amateur boxing event in London. Yeah. You know, with the work which they've done and still do. Mm. Uh, and I wanted to do a dinner show for karate. Okay. So you come, you have your dinner. Yeah. You know, and you watch watch the show. So we, we took the top six teams uh, from around the country for karate. Uh, three And we made three man teams. And we put them in two leagues of three. Yeah. And then the winner from each league... Competed in the final, yeah, and uh, it was the first event we done, and I managed to get it on Sky Sports. Oh, good for you! So that was December '97, and we had the same production team as Match of the Day. Yeah, come and done the event, and it was it was just a different, completely different stratosphere. Yeah. to anything which was out there for karate or martial arts. Yeah, uh, and the the numbers on Sky Sports were was real good. Yeah. And we, I think we was with Sky Sports for about three or four years with that one event. Brilliant! And then progressed into into different events, but yeah. that was the first event. We had about I think we had about six and a half hundred dinner guests in, in, right? in, in that night. Yeah, wow! So it was like tables of ten. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, people dressed up. They really made an effort. You know, we had you know we had great hosts. So basically,
0: you put your flag, uh, put the flag in the ground there. Yes, yeah. the, that was the landmark. That was the that was the, that okay. was the night.
1: That was the turning point. That was like right, we're here. Amazing. You know, and uh, myself and Paul Audison, who, who I spoke about yeah. earlier, you know, business partners. Yeah. And, and what made you event. what
0: made you then go, I've got something here? Was it that gig was it that first event you're going, we've got something here. You, How can we expand?
1: You know what? We we knew before we even done it, we knew that Yeah, okay Brilliant. It, it it was there was that hole in the market. Yeah. And then fast forward, you know, two, three years, yeah, people was coming to us to talk about other other things yeah you know like uh you know we i, I we we done a lot of work with football mm. uh i still do a lot of work with mm. football who, who? Uh, in in terms of events yeah. so so in 90 i think in in 90 yeah 98 mm. i actually started a, a youth football league okay. in, in east london uh called the east london essex junior football league mm. Uh, endorsed by Rio Ferdinand, yeah, and and we supply youth. We run a league, so so we we govern the league mm. and manage the league, mm. and we have about three and a half thousand kids playing playing football every Sunday. Amazing, man. Uh, please you know, tell
0: please tell me a West Ham fan. I am. Yeah, yeah. it's getting <laughs> in there, Joe. It's even better. It's I thought us. you knew that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> happy days. Happy days. Of course
1: I am, yeah. Yeah, happy yeah. days. My, 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 uh, my godmother used to live in the block of flats next to, to the old ground.
0: The Upton Park. Could you yeah. see from the flats into so I, Upton Park? I
1: could see from her front room down onto the ground. Yeah. And it looked it looked like Wembley. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like as yeah. a kid, it just looked massive. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, obviously missed, it wasn't. I ground. Yeah.
0: I miss Upton Park. Genuinely miss it. I've been going there for like 40 years, 30 odd years as a young kid. Bang, bang, bang. And now we moved to the Olympic Stadium. Yeah. Now called the London Stadium. That's a whole new conversation. Do you like that? Be honest. No, I don't. Really? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I really do miss Upton Park.
1: I'm surprised that, that you as kind of an event person would say that.
0: I can see it as a business model. I can see why David Gold and David Sullivan and Karen Brady made the decision, a commercial decision to leave upton park but i weren't happy the way that they said everyone can vote whether they want to do it and then there's there's some's come back. oh yeah 98 percent of people said well, yeah we want to leave i want to go no one said that i get that I no get that. one yeah. said that yeah. so we had the wall pulled over our eyes yeah definitely. we had a thirty six thousand capacity stadium there which was a wonderful stadium east london teams feared coming to the ground Opposition fans feared coming to the ground, walking up uh, Green Street and walking mm. up there. It was just this atmosphere. And if you were a West Ham fan, it was just electric. Yeah, You know, we could have converted that into a 50,000 pe- 50, people stadium, taking away the chicken run on the East End and built up there. We could have done that. Yeah. But anyway, we moved into the, the Olympic Stadium. We've got a 60,000 capacity stadium. My experience of going there, I was like, wow, I've come up at the train station. This is posh. You've got a Nando's, you've got a Japanese, you've got this, you've got Armani shops at Westfield. Thing You come in, you're like, wow. Then you walk up to the stadium, the Olympic Stadium, and you go, my God, this is going to be amazing. And you get in there, and you're miles away from the pitch. There's a running track around. I don't know if you remember mm. the old Wembley years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah massive
0: yeah. running track. Yeah. So, you're, so you've got to remember, you're another 80 metres away from the ground, away from the actual pitch itself. And it, Oh, yeah. And there was a lot of toxicity when we went there. Yeah, a lot yeah. of fans. West Ham fans. There's a together. big divide. There was, was a big, big divide because yeah. the West Ham fans were angry with it. We were there. Yeah, they and was. were angry that we we're eating popcorn like an American football team, and angry with these massive. We, we lost the heart and soul of the well, club. That
1: that, that that little corner near the, near the away fans, you know, yeah. that was. Literally, there was disruption there all the time.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole new conversation. Yeah, sorry, let's get back sorry. to let's get <laughs> back to your events. So you you found you found you found a niche in the market. You've gone. Hold on a minute. I've got a market. How did you progress this from the years of that first gig to bigger gigs in bigger venues, bigger events? I
1: th- I think it was a case of uh, reputation yeah. and, and, and trust. So, so uh, you know, I'd like to think we have trust within the combat sports industry. So it started off with karate, and then you know I'd, I'd done work within boxing before, and yeah. had had a number of friends in boxing. You know, like like Colin McMillan, who who was a world world champion, and it it was word of mouth yeah. and people saying, "Oh, if you need this, you can go to, to to Fighters Inc. You can go to Joe and Paul, and 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 they may be able to help you." You know, there, there was a stage like, you know, our dinner show karate events, which, which what we started with, were, you know, was be, becoming more popular and more, there was more of a show. We put on more of a show yeah. than the boxing The boxing dinner, yeah. dinner shows, yeah. you know. That, it was a
0: high-end show, isn't it? When yeah. people are dressing up and having a correct 10-rounder table and start as five courses, whatever it may be. That's, but it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. But yeah.
1: it, I think within boxing, it it, it become... And I think it still is a little stale. Yeah. You know. You, you know. You go to a, a boxing dinner show now. Nothing's changed since, yeah, since the eighties. It's the same thing. Agreed. You know. It's the same MC. Yeah. It, it's the same. It's yeah. the same show. Yeah. Same auction. Da 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 da. Yeah. Where yeah. we added dancers. We added music. Yeah. We added live live PA's. Yeah. Uh, then as we progressed, we done started to do bigger events. We added pyrotechnics. We added yeah. big screens, and yeah. so it was more more of a show. And uh, the 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 next big event, which has always been our flagship event, was the the expo. So we we went on and and done and created an expo for the combat sports sector. Okay. Uh, called the Seni Show, which is Japanese for fighting spirit. Oh wow! And we we done the first show at the NEC. Uh, I think that was 99. Up in Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. That, that was ninety nine or two thousand. Okay. Uh, and that was really to bring the whole to reach out to the whole of the martial arts. Yeah. Fraternity, you know whether, and that was at the time when mixed martial arts was just starting to come about. Like there were certain individuals going and competing internationally in Russia and these sort of sort of places, and uh, that was really the event which put us on the map to nationally and internationally to different promoters, different athletes, and that become our base to do other work from. So we'd have like the biggest brands exhibiting there, the biggest athletes coming and doing open training sessions, then competing at different events. Oh wow! Uh, and then off the back of that, we we gain trust in people, and then they'd come to us for oh can can you do this sponsorship? You know, do you know anyone who can do this sponsorship deal for? Yeah. I don't know fighter's shorts, for yeah. example. Yeah. Uh, or do you know could could you do a TV deal for? Mm. you know this event mm. so then we sort of started to pick and choose what okay. we wanted to do and, so you scaled and from up
0: that. from London events you went to Birmingham central to the country and said you know what we want to bring everyone from the whole country now to this event
1: correct okay. and, and then from there so there, there's another part to that Yeah, we yes we done that Dodge and then in 2006 I think it was 2006 or 2007 we actually moved it from Birmingham to London's Excel Okay. To make it an international show. Okay. And that was another turning point for us. Another be- game changer was it? Be- because there was a lot of in- there was a number of international people coming to Birmingham. Yeah. But there was always like the little niggle. Ah, oh, okay. if it was in London, yeah, more people would come from Europe. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, which we got, and it was it was around the time when they was announcing the twenty twelve games. Yeah. So we was like, there's gonna be plenty you know, what, six combat sports in the Olympic Games, something like that. What
0: what are those combat sports?
1: So there's boxing, judo, wrestling. We also done stuff with fencing. Mm. Where else am I? Judo, wrestling, taekwondo. Taekwondo, that's the one. Big Dan, go on, That's the one. (laughs) And and this year will be karate, so five. Let's say say five. Okay. So we actually worked with, when we made our move to XL, yeah. That was going to be the home of the combat sports for, for, for 2012. So from 2007 to 2012, we had a plan yeah. that we would work with them governing bodies, work with the London Borough of Newham yeah, yeah. to promote them sports around our show. Yeah. And uh, that that was like the game changer for us. Yeah, brilliant. good you move. Know. And, and it, it made, we made the show Did international. Did you feel more
0: comfortable coming, leaving Birmingham as a Londoner? Because even you go into someone else's city, you do notice it, don't you?
1: You do. Yeah. You do. We we, yeah. we we become we become accustomed to to Birmingham and there's some some great people up up there who we worked with. However, uh, there's nothing better than you know getting in your car and yeah. driving 20 minutes down yeah. the road yeah, to yeah, you know to do an event. Absolutely. You know.
0: And how did how did that evolve from there? Did you ever go and hire like a big venue and put on like an even bigger show than you're currently doing?
1: Well, the the, the XL. I think we topped out at the XL at about 30,000 people over, wow. over over the weekend. Fantastic. I think it's about 28,000. Can you remember the rent you paid there? Yeah. Go on. I think in 2007, 2008 just the the dry, just the hire yeah alone was around about 90,000,
0: 90 grand. And yeah. that was in what 14 years ago. Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah. Was that a ballsy move for you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Massive move. Yeah you know massive move we kind of leads on really to to our relationship with with the UFC yeah Be, because uh UFC was was trying to break into Europe mm. uh what
0: year roughly
1: uh 07, okay. 07 08. that early
0: yeah wow into Europe well, okay yeah. yeah 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 so
1: they they were setting up a UK office yeah. or they wanted to set up a UK office and uh you know there's a lot of politics with any sport yeah you know Whatever sport you do, whenever you're moving into a territory, same yeah. as an event. Yeah, you know absolutely. you move. You know you want to do your night in Ilford and yeah. and the local promoters going. Who's, this, who's he coming in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah, not yeah. coming in here. Yeah. You know, I that, you don't want to. You don't want to go there. We've all had it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's how you manoeuvre yeah. around it, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, UFC see see the UK market and the European market and uh, what
0: well, they see it as a big opportunity even though the number is a lot smaller what we got 60 mil here 66 mil and they got 360 or 330 yeah. in uh, the US do but they you, still see it as a, a market to be tapped into
1: yeah I mean in in UFC terms right now we, we are I think the UK is their their second or third biggest market it's, it's America I think Brazil then us or us and then Brazil is that right yeah people what, what eyeballs merchandise yeah. events yeah So you know we're up there.
0: So tell me your journey with the UFC.
1: So that event, the event which we moved to Excel, we uh, we we had a number of athletes what used to come to the show, and uh, I think in so we moved '07. We moved, yeah, to London. Yeah, '06 or '07. Mm. But I think around 2004, maybe 2004, yeah, something like that. 2003, 2004. Dana White actually come and visited our show. Okay. So he come, he got on a, on his private jet mm. with the Fatita brothers mm. and Chuck Liddell, mm. and come to Birmingham, come to the NEC. Did they? Yeah. So we, we got a call and it was like, "Uh, U, UFC want to come and see your show." Mm. And he was like, "Oh, okay, cool, no, no problem." Uh, there was like, there was like, "Oh uh, yeah, uh, Dana White's coming over and Fatita brothers and Chuck Liddell's coming over. They they want to witness what's going on." Yeah uh this this was at the time when like dvds was a big thing yeah so that like we're going back to like when ufc was on bravo yeah and off the back of the programs on bravo dvds for ufc used to do really good sales in the uk so there was like in hmv this that the other and the main dvd company used to exhibit at our show Mm. and they was one of our big big exhibitors and uh they'd reached out to him and said we want to come and see what all, you know, what this event's about. And they come to the show, see the show, and uh, went back to America. And literally a year later, they created their own event, which was similar to ours, but they called it a UFC Fan Expo. Okay. So which was like a, a little feather in our cap, if you yeah, like. Yeah, of course. And then when they when they come into the UK, or wanted to come into the UK, we, uh, we got introduced to uh, the head of Europe at the time. Guy called Marshall, and uh, I can remember going to the office in Kensington. There was literally this is the the the, the first UFC office in London. It was literally one desk <laughs> and a a cardboard box of red hoodies behind him. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> and, Brilliant. He, and he was like, we 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 was like one of the first, you know, people in that office. And uh, he was he was like, w- w- what can you do for me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, well we can help you with this, we can help you with that, we can we can help you with the other, you know? Mm. Lots of things we could, mm. you know, join the dots for them mm. and help them. And uh, we did, and we ended up doing a uh, sponsorship deal with our event. So they was actually our title sponsor okay. in 2007 and 2008. Wow. And we really used our event as uh, a calling card yeah. for fans because we was already attracting a lot of numbers at our show. Yeah to to kind of switch from not 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 switch but accept that UFCs in the UK and in Europe because yeah. there was at the time there was a little there was a bit of a divide in martial arts mm. that like oh this is brutal it's not it's not a sport yeah. you know it's not traditional martial arts yeah.
0: you know or the normal body were thinking cool oh, this is different to boxing
1: yes of course the normal and commercial it's, bod. it's about yeah. education right yeah. so yeah it was a sport mm. but but a lot of people where Media had called the Octagon a cage. It it, it was deemed barbaric. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there was a big education process, Mm. which they needed to do to educate Mm. the general public that look, this isn't, yeah, this isn't people trying to kill each other. This is this is a sport. It's Mm. you know, it's stand up martial arts. It's it's the toughest sport out there. Yeah, you know, it's it's stand up striking and it's grappling and wrestling. Yeah, it's not it's not barbaric. Yeah, it's a sport. What was Dana White like when you met him? (laughs) <laughs> the first time I met him, um uh, he he was swamped by people yeah. because he come in the show and thought that he could just walk around. Yeah. And like we had to get security to keep people away from him. Yeah. And then I was, I was like are you okay? He was like yeah, I'm I'm cool, man. Yeah. Like as if it was nothing. Yeah. And then then I introduced myself and then we we, we had a good chat. Yeah. And uh you know, we we went into a sort of private room and had a chat about what we'd done. Yeah. Uh, as a business yeah. and, you know, obviously I knew what they'd done. Yeah. And uh, then fast forward a few years when, when he come back over to the London shows, yeah. you know, we met a couple of times. Mm. And then it's like being an on-off relationship. Yeah. And then fast forward to 2017, 2018 when I signed the UFC gym deal. Yeah. It was, uh, it was like back again. It's like we we sort of skip. Yeah. I don't know about four years and then yeah. see each other again yeah, yeah, but he's, he's a very busy man yeah of dog. course he is he is isn't
0: he <laughs> yeah with, a, with an amazing bank balance yeah of course and, and good Fair luck play to him. him good luck to him yeah
1: yeah, but, yeah
0: tell me about tell me about the deal how you struck the deal with the, bringing the UFC gym brand to the UK and Ireland
1: so my, Michael Bisping uh, former UFC champion he's worked with Michael for years worked with Michael before he was in UFC good lad he's alright <laughs> <laughs> he's all right. No, he's great. He's, really? he, he, he's, he's, first of all, he's a friend. Yeah. He, he's a friend. You know, he's one of the lads, you know, we, I, I, we've we worked very closely with Michael. We've done most of his after parties yep. for throughout his old career. Yeah. Uh, done lots of, uh, seminars and commercial deals with him over the years when he was in the UK and also then when he moved to America. We still stayed in touch and done different bits and bats together. Mm. And, uh, he was living in America for a while and he invested in a UFC gym in Costa Mesa in California alongside Cub Swanson, who's another UFC athlete uh, with, with the corporate team in America. And uh, he, he was telling me, you know, what, what he was doing. And I was out there with work. I, I think I actually went to to one of Michael's fights uh, in, in the States and then, stayed after for a few days and, and we caught up and was talking about UFC gym in, in the States and what it is. And I got introduced to um, the the president of UFC gym in America, uh, a gentleman called Adam Sedlak. And we just started to discuss the opportunities, what, what could happen in the UK. Mm. Uh, at the time... Was this exciting for you at this point? Yeah, it was a pipe dream. Yeah, okay. It was a pipe dream and it was th- this was probably I think this was maybe around 2015. Yeah. Uh conversations. We started to have conversations. I think the first presentation I've got on my computer mm. to UFC gym for, from from myself was 2015. Mm, okay. Uh so it was around that time and we 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 initially spoke about wouldn't it be great to have three or four gyms in the UK. Yeah with UFC, you know, branded UFC gym, yeah. you know, and Michael and I was like, well, let's, let's do it. Like as if it's nothing, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, ignorantly, yeah. you know, over, a, over a beer. Yeah. And uh, we then got into deep discussions with UFC gym uh, and I, I, there was other leisure groups which wanted the UFC gym license in the UK, yeah, uh, big groups, but they didn't really have an understanding of the brand. Okay. They didn't have a an understanding of combat sports. Yeah. They had understanding of uh, leisure, oper- leisure and operations. Commercial operations. For That's G- right. Yeah, okay. So it was really down to me to go out and create a team and yeah. pull a team together who could represent the brand yeah. to, to 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 the best we could. Yeah. And uh, you've got authenticity. With, with Michael of course yeah. and, and you've got an understanding of the brand and, and marketing with myself yeah. but we needed that leisure understanding, fitness understanding yeah. and operational understanding yeah. and big thing franchise understanding because it's a franchise so uh, I got introduced to uh, two guys Palm and Sid uh, who have become become like family over the last well since 2017 mm. who have become like family mm. Uh what uh, do they do? They so they basically was involved in franchising. Yeah, uh, they, they had a number of Domino's pizzas. Yeah, uh, and also they had a number of uh, leisure clubs. So they're the real deal. Yeah, yeah, okay. and and uh, they sold eleven of them clubs. Okay, to invest with UFC gym Brilliant. with Michael and I, and so we've got a we all bring something different to the table. Yeah, and we presented the team to the, to the states, and they was like, you've now let, let's go. Yeah, you know, let let's go. So we went from the idea of a few clubs yeah. to then the conversations around the master territory agreement yeah. for the UK and Ireland. Yeah, which was a different different beast and a different financial commitment. Okay. So
0: when you say master territory club, what do you mean? So master, major cities or, or no or master
1: territory agreement. Yeah. So our group. Yeah. Uh, Mike Michael Sid, Palm and I. Yeah we own the master territory agreement we own the rights okay for ufc gym uk okay in the uk and ireland yeah so anyone which wants the franchise the brand will work with us yeah and we will franchise and just explain to, to
0: me how a franchise works you own the rights. so you you yeah. own the rights and then someone comes to you said i've got a location here can i use your branding for this
1: correct it it, it works that way it works numerous ways dodge and i've been learning yeah. since you know 2018 yeah. since we announced and i'm still learning yeah. on, on the franchising yeah. uh we've just bought on our head of franchising uh, a guy called jim johnston who yeah. who headed up domino's and burger king in the uk with, yeah. with, with franchise so major experience yeah. uh so yeah it's, it's basically an agreement uh that you do things within within the rules yeah okay you know we have a, a big operations manual and a big legal pack, yeah. which takes a lot of a lot yeah. of reading, a lot of understanding, mm. and a lot of homework mm. to understand how the brand works mm. and what you can do and what you can't do.
0: Yeah, okay. So anyone out there who's listening to this conversation and yeah. they've currently got a gym yeah. and I'm madly in love with USC, would they come to you and say, I've got the I've got the premises. Can we do a
1: deal? Yeah, but they can do. Yeah. They can do. Uh premises for, for us, it, like the the locations are key. Yeah. So like we're looking at site at the like the last two sites we've took on are, are former toys r us sites like big, in re- re- sites. Re- okay. retail parks yeah. but yes what locations uh the, the two which we've just took on is in medway in kent and yeah. in Reading. okay so our first signature site which is a a, a big a biggie yeah. like thirty three thousand square foot that's that's in Reading. That's the Toys R Us in Reading. Thirty-three
0: thousand square—that means nothing to me. What sort? Of, are we talking like a big warehouse? Yeah, big big yeah. warehouse. Okay, like a yeah. Toys R Us, big massive unit. The
1: big the big Toys. R Us. And what are you
0: putting inside that for it to be a UFC?
1: So the the, the equipment which we yeah. use is second to none. Yeah. Uh, so we, all of our sites are uh, accredited Hammer Strength centers, yeah. which is like the Rolls Royce yeah. of, of weights equipment. Yeah. If you know anything about yeah. weights. Uh, life fitness equipment or cardio equipment. In there, you'll also have uh, a matted area dojo yeah. uh, where you can do combat sports. There's an octagon uh, fitness studio for gr- uh, group exercise. Yeah. Uh, we've also got a crash within the big within the big site, signature sites for, Brilliant. for kids. Brilliant. Cafeteria area, Brilliant. like a big cafeteria, yeah. cafeteria coffee area smoothie area yeah. called the Arm Bar. Um, and also a VIP the arm bar. love yeah, it. Yeah, yes, <laughs> that, that, that's what we call, we're called. And 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 then we've got um uh, like a, a re- within the signature clubs a relaxation area. Okay. In terms of like sauna, steam room, relaxation beds, so on, so So forth.
0: these signature clubs, are you owning them and running them, or are you
1: franchising them? No. So our, our deal uh, within our MTA with our master territory, territory agreement. agreement. Okay. Yeah. yeah. As a group. Yeah. We have the responsibility to roll out 23 clubs oh, wow. in the next 12 years, wow. corporately. And we've also got the responsibility of franchising out 80 clubs across the UK and Ireland in the next 12 years.
0: Where did you get the number? I can understand you get the number 20 odd to say, right, this is going to be our babies. But yeah. to franchise 80, you must have seen a gap in the market to say, you've cherry picked certain areas around the UK to go. It'd be lovely to throw one in Liverpool and in Manchester yeah, of and course. Birmingham and Leicester and of course. Cardiff and what have you.
1: Well, we, we, we're actually, the numbers which we plan to do, yeah. uh, which have obviously been halted a little bit by COVID, yeah. but we've renegotiated our deal and extended our deal with UFC gym. Uh, it, it's actually the biggest deal which they've done in terms of numbers and in terms of rollout. But if you actually look at the UK and Ireland, We've actually worked out you could actually cater for around about two hundred and twenty-three clubs, right? If when when you work on a franchise out the, business model, yeah, yeah when, okay. when, when you when you work it out. But you look at other brands what have rolled out very quickly in terms of uh, maybe budget gyms. Yeah, you know the the, the likes of Snap Fitness, Energy, Yeah, uh, Pure Gym. Yeah. You know they've rolled out really quickly, but haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but they're they they're that budget. Yeah, gym, yeah. We're not a budget gym. Okay. We're a premium gym. Okay, brilliant. So we're 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 you know higher end.
0: What sort of money are you a month roughly? I know it's different, to be prices, different prices, different prices, different locations. Yeah. But-
1: so so in Nottingham, so we have two. We have two memberships. Uh, we have a fitness membership, fitness only, and group exercise. Yeah. Uh, with uh, limited group exercise classes, that is forty four ninety nine. I think it's thirty. 39, Roughly, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh nine, forty four ninety nine. Let's say forty pound, mm. and then the the ultimate membership, which is inclusive of all your combat sports yep. classes, is seventy four ninety nine. Happy days!
0: Yeah. If so, you're ma- if you're mad loving into into your combat, and you've got a brilliant gym and facility, all of a sudden five star, you're going to oh, you, the moon, right?
1: You got you got a five star facility, yeah. and you've got. I mean, we've got some amazing coaches. You know, a bit a big part of my role is is getting getting the the, the coaches. And making sure their standards are, their standards yeah. are, are higher we you know we've got we we're working with Dan Hardy, uh, who's a former UFC athlete. He's our head of MMA, so he oversees the program with us and oversees our selection of of coaches, whether that's for our corporate clubs mm. or for our franchisees. Mm. So we have a very big support system for people that want to franchise with the brand. Mm. And uh, we've just started to franchise out. We're just starting now yeah, okay. to franchise out because obviously we couldn't the last year. Yeah. Uh, has that
0: been frustrating for you?
1: God, major. yeah major. I mean, it's been it's been a real tough year. Mm. It's been a real tough year and that 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 market, you know, we we was ready to we was literally ready to press the green button yeah. in in April yeah. of 2020. Yeah. and then March because mm. because UFC was coming to London in April, yeah. And we was actually going to have an announcement oh, around no. oh, UFC wow. London. Oh, wow. Uh, with like the next phase of the business. Yeah. Uh, that obviously didn't happen. Mm. So with yeah, the deal that
0: you've done with UFC, do you have to pay them a yearly fee?
1: Yeah, we do. Okay. We do. We, we have, uh, so th- th- there's two, so th- there's a royalty which UFC gym globally take yeah. and and also uh, th- the UK corporate office take. Yeah, if you like, but there's also a a minimum royalty guarantee. Okay. So within our contract, over the next 12 years. So for example, if we say, if we've signed and said, we're going to open four gyms this year and we only open one, we still have to pay that minimum royalty guarantee. Okay.
0: Yeah. With the UFC gyms, how do you promote a market to the female audience?
1: Good question. Mm. Good question. The brand is so powerful. Yeah. And when you first hear it, mums, some dads may go, "Oh, it's a Fight Club." Yeah. But when you actually walk through the door, yeah, it's a different story. Yeah. And you I'm see sure, it. I'm sure. So, so our the big job for us is getting people through that front door. Yeah. And the more sites we open, the more the message will will get out there. Yeah. yeah. I I very much see it the same as. David Lloyd in the early 80s, yeah. you know, they merged tennis and fitness That's together. Right. yeah. We're doing exactly the same thing yeah. with combat sports, with the biggest combat sport brand in the world mm. and fitness. And we've created a, a world-class facility. Mm. And I it, see it. I and,
0: can totally see it. And
1: it's just a matter of time yeah. that people understand. I mean, you, you look at martial arts, you know, let, let's take karate, yeah. you know, Let's take judo. Let's take another sport. Yeah. The amount of young people doing judo yeah. n- nationwide it's massive. Taekwondo, yeah. massive. Yeah. You know.
0: Do you think you'll be getting them in? Do you think you'll be targeting those people? Like I don't know. You'll have your local greengrocers, and all of a sudden Tesco Express turns up, and then they're closing down because they're all coming to you. Because it's. it's I a think there's better service. For, I or, think there's
1: room for both. You do. Okay. I, I really do, and, and it's important that we we don't go into an area. You know, the same as you were saying, like, yeah. with a night, a club night or whatever yeah. it is, and tread on people's toes. Yeah. So when we went into Nottingham, we actually spoke to the local clubs, yeah, like fight clubs. And I'm sure they were all excited,
0: clubs. weren't they, to hear this? Or yeah. was there a bit yeah. of pushback? There
1: was a little bit of pushback, yeah. but it's about sitting sitting down with the people. M- most of them, you know, we know o- yeah. o- over the years and, and, and saying, look, if you want to get involved with this brand, there's no reason you can't be a coach at UFC gym and run your jujitsu club up the road. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. So
0: you'll pay the coaches from and there we'll to pay come you to, to yeah. Come, yeah. So you're creating a win-win.
1: We're we're creating a win-win, mm. and if you take your if you take little Johnny to to his local boxing club, or or local judo karate club, nine times out of ten, mum's going to drop him off, go to Costas, yep. get a coffee, and come back and pick him yep. up, or drop him off, go to her gym, yeah, and go back and pick him up. Yeah. You you can you can do that there. Mm. You can do that at UFC mm. gym now.
0: Mm. But it sounds like you've got an absolute brilliant business model. It really does. It, it's 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 so exciting. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I and can I, see it in your face. I, it's and great. I, and I
1: feel privileged that I I've I've worked. Listen, I I haven't got here through not working. Yeah. I feel privileged that I, I'm in the position to be able to represent such a great brand. Yeah. in in the UK and Ireland, and, and and work like a dog to make it to make it happen. Yeah, and, and see it unfold. Yeah, and. Uh, covid hasn't helped mm. but but i i believe down the line you know we we stick with it you know we, we're we going to see some real big movements from the brand yeah amazing
0: and just one last thing before we finish up i want to find out what's the transition like if you're into boxing or you're into karate saying you know what, i want to get into mma
1: uh well well most mixed martial artists have a base Let, let's call it a base you know whether that's stand you know boxing yeah boxing is more purist yeah. you know to be perfectly honest with you mm. uh it's more martial artists yeah. what get involved to mix martial arts yeah. you know whether that's jujitsu, you know kar- karate taekwondo thai boxing yeah. you know what whatever that is yeah. Bo- boxing has always been more purist yeah. you know but it, it's a case of doing them different disciplines yeah. and then and then going to a club which does okay which which does everything
0: which discipline would you if you could only pick one discipline that you're going to go into the octagon and fight, what discipline would you like to be the best at?
1: I'd have to say karate, okay. obviously, because it's my background. Yeah. But when you look at the you know, the distance with karate and some of the big names uh, who have done amazing within the sport, yeah. like George St. Pierre, yeah, yeah. uh, Machida, GSP is mm. absolutely you Know he's a living legend, yeah. And uh, in, in fact, Dodge um, he, he's coming over is in he? uh October for the Arnolds. I don't know if you know the Arnold uh sports festival, yeah. I've seen he's co- coming to the UK. So, we're actually, I'm coming as your guest, are I? You can come, you can come along, mate. <laughs> we're uh, <laughs> so we're actually running the combat and big Dan and, big, and Dan. big Dan. So, we're actually running the uh, the combat sports uh section of the Arnolds, okay. Uh, and consulting for. Working with Eddie Hall. Oh, uh, So Eddie's... Arn- is, Eddie,
0: is Eddie part of this? Just explain. So it's the Arnold Schwarzenegger event
1: yeah. called so the Arnold... It, so it's the Arnold's Festival. Yeah. Uh, Whereabouts? It's the fir- NEC, yep. funnily enough. Again. Uh, so Ar- Arnold Sports Festival UK. Yep. Uh, everybody knows the Arnold's, you know, what's happening in the, in the States and, yep. and Europe. It's the first time in the UK and uh, Arnold's teamed up with Eddie, with Eddie Hall. And they're creating a big event in the UK, and uh, we've worked with the Arnolds be- previously on different yep. events, yep. and with Eddie, and they they come to us and said, "Will you, will you control all the combat sports which Brilliant. are happening over that weekend?" So uh, amazing, yeah. G- but GSP and Khabib's come in as well. Is, know, he? Like, yeah, so, Is he? Yeah. K- Khabib, Is he? Yeah. Khabib. Is
0: going to wear a hat? <laughs> 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 I need a photo of that. The big furry hat.
1: So yeah. So we we we're uh, we we've got invitational events happening all weekend uh that sounds M- amazing mma jiu-jitsu nogi karate taekwondo and yeah. this
0: is what so, the, so this is when october it's, i think
1: is, is it the first to the third
0: i should Something know that like is that. it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm getting the nod yeah yeah then yeah, yeah. yeah
1: amazing so yeah so we're, we'll be there all weekend uh, and representing combat sports so over the weekend so it's quite nice because our, our last expo was in 2016. Yeah. And then, then you know, we were just working on UFC, UFC gym, and now you're coming back again. But so. now we're coming; we've been asked by by the guys, you know, will you come back and will, will you get involved with this event? And it's it's great for us because obviously I can brand UFC gym in it as well. Yeah, so I've amazing. Got, got a little bit of it's another, another win win, bit of consultancy, yeah. bit, bit of branding, and uh, nice to mix it up again with people we've worked with before. And you're going back to your roots again, going back to amazing. the roots, come come full circle.
0: Joe, I've thoroughly enjoyed this chat, mate. Cheers, Dodge. I've, yeah. I've really
1: enjoyed, enjoyed coming to yeah, see you. Yeah,
0: mate. This is fantastic. You know, you've had some journey and I think the journey for you now is only going to get better and better.
1: It's the start, really. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's I the start. It. I mean, it's, it's like you've been kicked in your balls and yep. set back a couple of years with what's happened. Yeah. But, you know, it's about moving forward and yeah. it's about, about moving up. You know, yeah. you're not going to... We're not going to roll up in a ball and cry. No, absolutely. You know, we just got to dig deep and and get on with it. Yeah, you know, because it's it's a marathon. Yeah, th- th- this role is a marathon. Absolutely, it's the journey is the fun bit, right? It's, the journey is mm, the fun bit. Absolutely. Yeah. There's
0: no destination. People have got this thing. There's a destination. When I sell oh, my let no, there's a the no, of dogs. no. The journey is so much more fun if you realise that the journey is the fun. You're going to get up every day and enjoy yourself. One hundred percent.
1: To be honest, Dodge, you actually you've actually inspired me over the last year, and nice. uh, got got a little little surprise for you. I'm at, we're actually launching our own podcast oh good for you mate o- off the back of the work you've been doing over the last year Um uh, i mm-hmm. think through covid i've listened to a lot more podcasts yeah. and uh yourself and another friend has got a podcast a guy called rob heisey he's the uk's number one unconscious mind yep. therapist yeah he's got a big podcast and uh listening to you, to and what you've done yeah and getting stories from different people has actually inspired me and uh Next month, uh, we launched the the Fight Mad podcast hosted oh, yeah. by myself. Uh, we, we're not every week. We're every other week. Yeah. And we're having different guests from athletes to industry insiders yeah. to celebrities yeah. talking about the combat sports world and what they love and why they love it and their life journey yeah. around it. It's the same five questions for each guest. Yeah. Uh, so it's a bit, bit like a sort of combat sports desert island disc, yeah, quality. if you like, <laughs> like a, a mix up, and not like who who are you, who are you, who yeah. you going to beat next month, yeah. or who who do you want to fight? Yeah. Nothing like that at all. Yeah. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to oh, it. Amazing. So keep a listen out. I for will that. do
0: hundred percent, mate. And you know what? You're going to be blown away. What what amount of doors to open since when you do this podcast? Really? Yeah, mate. You'll do your own podcast and you'll be blown away. The amount of random people all the time coming in on Instagram or LinkedIn or or sending messages on email or phone of like, thank you for bringing this podcast. Would you like to do business? Would you like to do a deal? I can introduce you to this person. You'll be blown away. Yeah. It's the best thing anyone could ever do is go and do a podcast. And I'm new to this game. And I'm I'm literally, uh, you know, I look back and think, God, I've just done this five, six, seven years, but I didn't know what a podcast was till, till lockdown, you know? Well, so. it's,
1: it's it's another vehicle, isn't it? To to plug what you're doing with the Bournemouth Sevens. Yeah. You know, it's a vehicle for, for me to plug UFC gyms and the Arnold's or, you know, yeah. the 10K Karate Clash, whatever we're doing. Yeah. And also
0: to inspire people and motivate people. Because, again, I I guess if I inspired you to do it, that's one person. 100%. You
1: know, that makes me happy. You you and Rob, Rob Heisey, big shout out to Rob. Like, listening to your podcast throughout COVID was, you know, a little bit of a balancer for me when I was going for, like, long walks, thinking, I'm not earning a penny this month. (laughs) yeah Yeah. So, and, and and I'm sure it it has done to to, to many people yeah. so uh, oh, good. I've, got, I've got to thank you for that but good. listen now Fight Mad podcast coming soon yeah mate I'm all over it good man
0: I appreciate that mate
1: lovely dodge thoroughly enjoyed that yeah. see you soon good man take care